listening to The Jim Laird Show on Body IO FM, where health and performance collide with your host, Jim Laird. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Jim Laird Show brought to you by Body IO FM. I am Jim Laird. Um, I am on cloud nine today because I'm sitting here at my gym on a Sunday, which I usually don't coach on a Sunday, but I have my float tank up and running finally. Um, I bought a float tank back in December, and um, if you run a business or if you're planning on opening a gym or anything like that, when you do these projects that involve the city, I had all sorts of fun shenanigans um, dealing with permits and handicap showers and uh, electricians and contractors. And so if you're opening a gym or you run a business and you have to do something that involves permit process, uh, multiply the expense times four and then multiply the time times f- like five. Because usually it's going to take a lot longer than you planned and it's going to be a lot more expensive. So finally, almost half a year later, Almost, yeah, almost half a year later, I finally got this bad boy going. And it's it's really exciting because, you know, everyone that's used it for, so far absolutely loves it. I would drive all the way up to Dayton, Ohio to go to Gravity Spa to use their float tanks because until up to this year, there were no float tanks in the state of Kentucky. And, and it's really one of the only things I've found that allows me to shut off 100%. And it's nice having one at my own disposal now because I don't have to drive two hours and then I can sleep in it if I want to, which is absolutely awesome. If you can find a float center, it will allow you to sleep overnight. I highly recommend it. It's uh, some pretty impressive sleep. But uh, that being said, I'm just hopping on here today and I'm just going to kind of go on a little bit of a rant, so to speak. Talk a little bit about what I deal with, um, you know, over the last number of years especially since I've kind of figured out for myself, you know, the balance of working in versus working out. Uh, Working out is a stress. Working in helps you recover from stress. And working in would be sleep, tai chi, meditation, walking, light exercise, uh, hanging out with your friends and laughing. Uh, That's kind of like working in. Uh, Training uh, takes money out of the bank. So you need to do things to put money back into your bank account. Uh, unless, of course, you're the federal government and you just keep printing money and well, we won't get into that. But um, the majority of my clients are women and that just kind of happened uh, by accident, really. Um, you know, lifting weights is, is very, very strength training is very powerful for women. It, it, it does amazing things as far as physique change, attitude, confidence, all that sort of deal. But the typical client that I come in uh, that comes into me and I, and I assess, uh, you know, hundreds of people a year is usually a mother. Um, she usually has a, has a job. Um, she's usually doing boot camps or spinning classes or something along those lines multiple times a week. And she's working really, really hard and they usually hit a wall and they're usually exhausted. They're usually either gaining weight or if they look really good, they're just plain tired and they can't get out of bed. And, even more common, especially since I've, you know, I have uh, celiac and I, I have colitis, which I manage through my diet, uh, lifestyle, and, and the wonderful addition of nicotine uh, gum. Um, 
I've, I've studied a lot about autoimmunity and autoimmune conditions, so I know a lot more about them. And a lot of times I'd say two out of 10 women that come through the door don't have a gallbladder. And I'm obviously not a doctor, but you've got these women that are trying to lose body fat and, you know, they've had their gallbladder removed. And, and if you, you get on PubMed and you start searching around, you're going to find that most of these gallbladder issues are even, you know, type 2 diabetes, type 1 diabetes. A lot of these things, well, type type 2 is, is more you've just eaten, you're just eating too much sugar and your body's like, stop eating so much sugar. I'm going to make you insulin resistant to get you to stop eating so much sugar. With type 1, you know, if you get on PubMed, you, you find that it's, it's an autoimmune disease along with like rheumatoid arthritis, Hashimoto's, PCS, the list goes on and on and on and on. Um, so they've never been told that, you know, this gallbladder issue that they had is, is autoimmune related. And then they've never been told, all they are told is, hey, eat less fat, eat more carbs. You know, so if you're loading carbs all the time, uh, it's going to make it really difficult to lose body fat. Um, and not only that, the gallbladder stores bile. So when you do eat fat, you're not going to, you know, digest it as well. Um, so one of the first things I recommend is say, Hey, I'm not a doctor, but here's some information for you. Read this, you know, I'll, I'll hand them something about digestion and, and gallbladder, uh, you know, protocols for after you, uh, or uh, have your gallbladder out. And I'll suggest something like now food super enzymes, which has, you know, hydrochloric acid in it, which a lot of people are deficient. Uh, and then it also has ox bile in it. And I tell them you need to take this every meal for the rest of your life. And if you eat more fat, you probably need to take more. And if you eat less fat, then take a little bit less. And within a couple days, they feel better, and all of a sudden, they've got less bloating. You know, so they're exercising their brains out, um, trying to lose body fat, and then they just add this digestive support in, and they don't change anything else, and all of a sudden, they lose water weight. Uh, they tone up a little bit, tone, quote-unquote, so to speak. You know, so so that's one of the big things I do with, when women come in is, one, we're looking at how much stress they're under, because most women are running around with a chicken with their head cut off. Um, you know, I have women that are doing like, you know, they come to me and they're doing like 5 a.m. boot camp, then they're going for a run at night and they're, they're just doing so much activity. Um, so, you know, I've got two extremes that I deal with. I got the person that had, doesn't do anything, which I don't really attract that often. Sometimes I do. And then I've got the, the usually the person I, I, I attract is somebody who's been doing too much, hasn't been enough doing rest and uh, doing enough rest and relaxation. And they've hit the wall and somebody's told them, hey, I got this guy who told me to work out less and change my lifestyle and I've lost weight or body fat and I feel better and you need to go see him. So usually they come to me and they're, by this point they're so broken and so exhausted they're open to, um, you know, changing that lifestyle. But, you know, that that's the most important thing when you're working with people, especially if you want to work with people over a long period of time and train clients for years, 5, 10, 15 years. You have to keep harping the lifestyle stuff. If you're not taking care of yourself, if you're not resting, if you're not sleeping, you know, driving that car harder is not going to help. And, and you're going to end up losing that client either because they become exhausted uh, or they, you know, a lot of times the women will come in here and say, I lack motivation. Well, most people, if you're healthy, you're going to want to do something. You're not just going to sit on your ass all day. So, my kind of theory on things is if you're not motivated to train and that's going to happen from time to time, you're going to, you're going to lose motivation. In that case, you just come in and move around and do the best you can. But a lot of times that lack of motivation is your body trying to get you to slow the beep down. So I talk to people about working in, 
about spending more time relaxing, you know, get you know, for women, get in a bathtub, have a glass of wine, you know, soak in Epsom salt, better yet, do the float tank, go for walks. Don't focus on walking for exercise or burning calories, so to speak. Focus on walking for relaxation, you know, spend more time with your kids, have fun, uh, relax, um, and then, you know, if you're taking care of that stuff, then you can train and it will actually be effective as opposed to being counterproductive. Because people forget the body doesn't give a rat's ass what you look like. All it cares about is keeping you alive. And it will do all sorts of fun things, including breathe in all sorts of weird ways, including store all sorts of body fat. Because if your body thinks you're in a war zone, it's going to store everything it can to keep you alive. So that's one of the the biggest things I deal with is educating people on the difference between performance and health. And a lot of this is from my own self-destruction. Um, and the harder you train, the harder you have to rest. You have to be able to switch it on and switch it off. The problem is, is when you get addicted to being on all the time, you know, you resort to energy drinks and you resort to, you know, hiring another coach who's going to yell at you or going to spinning where the music is, cranking and they're yelling at you, you know, that's going to lose its effect. And then all of a sudden, if you're not doing the work to rebuild and reload, um, you're going to end up hitting a plateau and then you're just going to look for the next coach. Um, so really, if you want to be in this for the long haul, and most people do, like I, I very rarely get somebody comes in here and goes, oh, I want to set a world record or I want to do this or that. And, and I have had people like that, that like, I want to push performance. And it's the same message. Like if you want to push performance, you're going to have to take care of yourself, even, even a, a greater extent. But you know, the formula for, for looking good and feeling good is lifting weights like twice a week, walking, controlling your refined carbohydrate consumption. Uh, that's one of the main reasons I love carb night, carb backloading, because it's so simple. It's, it's almost stupid how simple it is. Um, you know, eating your carbs at night, preferably on days that you train. And, you know, the more you do, the more carbs you need. And the less you do, the less carbs you need. I mean, it's not the, really that complicated. And controlling that blood, blood sugar, getting your triglycerides under control, your A1C under control, is really the key to everything. And stress plays a huge role in that. You could be eating a low-carb diet, and if you're under a ton of stress, because if your body thinks that you're in an emergency, it's going to raise your blood sugar so you can run like hell. But the problem is, is that most people think they're running all the time because their life is just constant, you know, emails, text messages. And I fall into this too. I have a terrible problem with my phone that I've been working on trying to, uh, to not be such a slave to it, you know, and getting involved in text conversations where it's just blast, 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 blast back and forth. I'm horrible for that. So I've been mindful of that and been working on that. But our life, our modern life is just so freaking crazy. Uh, our bodies are not designed for chronic stress all the time. And then putting more stress on top of chronic stress is not a lo good long-term strategy. So it really, that's the main reason I put rest more on the back of my shirt. It's not to say that you can't train hard, but it's to say that you have to do the work on the back end so you can train hard. You have to sleep. You have to eat well. You have to manage your stress. And then if you're under a lot of stress, your workout should look more restorative. There should be Tai Chi. I love restorative yoga. If you can go to a restorative yoga class, because yoga has kind of become like Americanized. They've kind of turned it into this like fat burning workout. 
restorative yoga, if you could find a place that does restorative yoga where they prop you up and you breathe in certain positions and good positions for time and they run you through a meditation, it is fantastic, especially for people. I've had a lot of my clients that really have a hard time shutting off. Uh, I've had them go to restorative yoga with me and they actually, once they relax and chill out, they're like, man, this feels so good, you know. Um, so that's been a big help. So if you could find a restorative yoga practice, that would be fantastic, especially, you know, a, a, an instructor that emphasizes good breathing. Um, you know, everybody talks about breathing and getting you to breathe in a relaxed state with your diaphragm in a good position. They call it the zone of apposition to kind of steal that from the PRI people, the Postural Restoration Institute, which is where I get a lot of my information from that I apply to the stuff that I'm doing in the gym, but getting people in a good position so they can actually breathe efficiently and not breathe like they're running from a bear. Uh, if you have to run from a bear, then you want to use your neck to breathe and you want to use your lats to breathe and you want to go into extension and you want to haul ass, but we're not designed to be stuck in that position. So you need to have some variability there where you can turn it on and turn it off. And most people today are just stuck on, period. That's basically how it works. So that's the main thing I deal with is basically convincing people that they need to take their car into the shop. They need to get their oils changed. They need to get their brakes done, their tires rotated. They need to get their transmission uh, fluid uh, taken care of. And once you think about it like a car, it makes a lot more sense because, you know, if you take a Lexus, a Hyundai and a Ferrari and you drive them at full speed all the time, hard as you can drive them, every car is going to blow up differently. And you've got people that can drive their car like I did for like almost 15 years, like it was stolen before I finally had some issues. And then you've got people that are a Hyundai or the car just isn't high as high a quality and, you know, they end up blowing a rod or, you know, there's people that you look at them sideways and they get sick. And then there's people that can not sleep and run on caffeine and ephedra like I did for 10 years and not and be okay you know, and end up with inflammatory bowel disease uh, before, you know, I made some changes. But, you know, some people can get away with being, um, doing crazy things for a long time and other people just look cross-eyed and they go, they go off the road. So, you know, we're, we're a lot like cars. It's a good analogy. And so if you think about what you have to do in your life is do maintenance on your car so that when you do have to slam the brakes on, you have the brakes and you have the tires. Uh, if you do have to run your car hard, you have the the RPM range. We deal with a lot of athletes in here, and a lot of them are so wound up. They're running their, their tachometer. You know, if you redline at 9, they're running their tachometer at 7 all the time just to function. Really, when they have to push the throttle, they have really nowhere to go. So a lot of that, with we see that a lot with young athletes because they've done so much high-intensity training. They've done so much sports-specific training. They haven't done general play. They haven't done the low-threshold aerobic work like working on farms or mowing grass. Those are the things that build aerobic capacity so you can handle the high-intensity training. Um, you've got to work. You've got to get in shape to train, and people don't realize that. A lot of the work that we do in the beginning is just getting people – to have enough of a fitness level so they can handle stress. And the majority of the people that walk through our door, especially young athletes, they don't have that work capacity. They didn't do calisthenics. They didn't ride their bike for hours like I, we used to. When we were kids. They didn't climb fences. They didn't play tag. They didn't get in fights. 
the kids today, they play video games and then they go out and play a highly organized sport. So they don't get that general physical preparedness. So a lot of the stuff we're doing with these kids is almost boring. It's manual labor type work, dragging sleds, pushing prowlers, carrying kettlebells, teaching them how to relax, teaching them how to breathe properly. You know, so these are things that aren't very sexy, but need to be done so you have that foundation so you can handle that stress. And then, you know, over time, you know, your training should be hard sometimes and it should be moderate sometimes and it should be easy. Coach Summer, um, who is a former uh, U.S. Women's National Gymnastic coach, uh, and I might have the percentages all screwed up, but he basically said, you know, like 70 to 80% of the gymnast training is low level to get them ready for that 10, 15, or 20% that's high level and to allow ligaments to, to uh, get used to the impact and the things that they have to do. So, you know, most people don't have that kind of time to put into training. So that's why you have to be kind of conservative. You want to do things that are tough but not overwhelming, and you want to slow cook people, especially if you want to keep them for a long period of time, and then you focus on lifestyle and, you know, diet, lifestyle, and sleep to help get that body fat off instead of trying to drive that car to burn that body fat off because most people don't have the capacity to train super hard. But that's the cool thing about like a lot of the women I train uh, that have done the powerlifting meets, they have enough of a strength base where they can actually train hard. They can do explosive throws and jumps. They can do sprints. They can do all these other things. If you have someone that has a good aerobic base that moves well, then you can start using different modalities to get the results that you want. But the problem is, is most people are so fragile because they've sat in a chair eight hours a day and they haven't done anything. If you slam the gas down, you're going to blow something off. So that's a huge consideration. So really, you know, if you're a coach uh, or for yourself, the work that you do outside of the gym is way more important than what you actually do in the gym. Um, and, and then if you get into the social side of things, you know, having great community, having friends, having emotional support, having a good attitude um, goes a long way towards your health and wellness. So if you don't have a good network of friends, if you don't have a good positive attitude, you know, that's going to basically affect your ability to get what you want, which in the end for most people is to look good and feel good. So I know this is kind of short, but I've been kind of, uh, you know, every week it's the same deal. They come in and I look at them and go, okay, so how much time, you know, how much, how many hours a week you working? And it's usually almost full time. Plus they're running their kids everywhere. We run through the checklist and they're like, oh wow. You know, when's the last time you went on vacation? When's the last time you had a, you know, a bath? When's the last time you went for a walk by yourself? And they're like, I don't, I don't remember. So really that's where all this stuff has to start. You have to start with that foundation. Um, I, I, spoke at paleo effects another a couple of years ago and i i had a speech on like why the fitness industry is messing a lot of people up and i think it's a big part of the problem is using exercise to basically solve a lifestyle problem is like putting a band-aid on a wound that needs to be stitched that was kind of a quote that i that i'd had and um there's a girl in an alley who put that on a on a, on a barbell and posted it on facebook which was kind of cool but, but that's basically the mindset that you have to understand is that, you know, driving a broken car faster is not going to fix it. So you got to take that car in the shop and you got to fix it. Then you can drive it hard. But as you continue to drive it hard, you still have to do the maintenance. And the harder you drive the car, the more maintenance it requires.
So there's a little rant for you. Um, I just thought I'd hop on there and do that. I have some pretty exciting interviews coming up uh, with some really cool folks. Um, if you have any questions, um, feel free to email me at uh, jimlaird at gmail.com, G-Y-M-L-A-I-R-D at gmail.com. If you have any questions, if you have anyone that you'd want me to interview, I'm also going to start doing, um, it'll be on my website here soon, some business consultations. So if you're looking at starting your own gym, if you're a trainer, you're just getting into the business, the industry, I'd be happy to talk to you and kind of, I've made hundreds of thousands of mistakes. I don't know how many times Kiefer has told me, I told you so. And he loves saying that to me. Uh, but I've made a ton of mistakes and I can help you from making the same mistakes I did. You know, I've learned a lot from my mistakes. Um, but I can help you avoid a lot of those things. Um, and I can give you the pluses and minuses on owning a gym, working as an independent contractor, working as a strength and conditioning coach. So feel free to email me, give me feedback. Feel free to email me if you'd like to chat sometime about what you got going on. I'd be happy to do that. So as I always say, please continue to support Kiefer uh, in his endeavors so I can continue to do the show. And I hope you enjoyed this short little rant. And just remember, the harder you work out, the harder you need to work in. Have a great day. You've been listening to The Jim Laird Show with your host, Jim Laird. If you'd like to hear more, log on to body.io. Don't miss the next episode of The Jim Laird Show when he'll probably say something inappropriate but unexpectedly insightful.